You are now listening to Sweep the Rack Podcast featuring Brooklyn Rob and Big Mike. Good homie. Mike, looking tan and ready to roll tonight. Seriously. So let's get right into it. Okay. Let's nobody cares about what happened to me the last week. You went to Disney. Wow, look at that. Does that say daddy? It does. It does. You look tan, you know, um, and so we got a lot to catch up on. So let's talk real quick about Disney. Uh, how was it? How was your vacation? Did you uh, enjoy your time off? Oh, my God. If I talk too much about it, I'll get emotional. It was. Uh, yeah, it was make it quick. Time. Make it quick. Yeah, it was a magical time. Uh, you know, magical listen, time. <laughs> it was. I'm serious. You, you, listen, if you have kids and you've been to Disney, you probably know what I'm talking about. My kids both had their birthdays while we were there too. Ooh. Their actual birthdays took place wow. while we were there. Um, so yeah, it was. Uh, it, it was. It was an amazing time. Uh, I'll. I'll talk about two things though. Number one, we get down there on Wednesday. We have our day Thursday. Thursday was all good. We wake up Friday morning and we get a we get an email alert saying you now have to wear a mask in any indoor place on Disney property and in any attraction. So we went from no mask anywhere to mask pretty much, you know, fifty percent of the time I would say. Uh, and yeah, you were going from like walking around in a hundred degree heat with a hundred percent humidity to putting a mask on your face. So yeah, that, that definitely was not fun, but, uh, but we didn't let that get us down. Uh, we just, we just kept trudging along and, uh, yeah, had a, had an excellent time, man. What a, what a vacation. Awesome. I would suggest it to anybody that has kids. Second thing I'll talk about is the shirts. So like if you've been to Disney, I guess recently, I don't know how long this has been going on for, but the new thing is like, Every, every group, every family, every group there has to have like their own custom made shirts with like a hashtag on it or a saying on it or something. Okay. So for instance, like this shirt is the shirt my wife had for us to wear home where it had the Disney with all the characters and everything and our, our names on it. And then uh, we had one where my wife wore a shirt that said chilling like a villain and my shirt said, "My favorite Disney villain is my wife." So that was that. That, <laughs> one, that was probably that was probably the most that was probably the most popular one. I got so many compliments on that one. Now, my, uh, what was another one we did? Another one was um, my daughter's had a shirt with like all silhouettes of the princesses, and it said "Squad Goals" on it with a hashtag. So that was a cute one. Uh, my favorite one. And I saw this on multiple people, but it was one that said uh, hashtag broke. And it was like written in the Disney letters. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, yeah that's like so definitely apropos. Oh, my God. Yo, it's capitalism to the max down there. Every time you come out of a ride, you come out in a gift shop. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. It really is. It's like, oh, my God, this is just ridiculous. But listen, it was a great trip. I'm I'm glad. I'm glad to be back. I'm glad to be back. Uh with with my people though, you know it's nice. Uh, th- yo, Nico, big, what's up, man? Big shout, big shout to you guys last week. Uh, I didn't get a chance to watch okay. the whole show yet, but I did get a chance to check out some of it. And uh, yeah, you guys did an excellent job. Shout to your brother for uh, for filling in for me. And uh, you know, you you guys, you guys kind of stacked stacked the deck though while I was going, so that's cool. But you know, uh, let me tell you, um, it's funny because like my brother was like, you know, he he was the one really orchestrating a lot of that because it was like the one show he gets to like co-host, he wanted to make it a good one. So it wasn't, trust me, it wasn't me trying to show you up. My brother. Oh, no, yo, go, go for it. Dave P heavy hitter. I know that. No. I, I, I hey. expect that from him. Listen, we got a sponsorship from Manscaped. Rob, yeah. tell the people we got an email yeah. from Manscaped. They, reach, they, reached, they reached out, out to us, to us but, but all they like offered the deal, us, Mike. all they offered us was a free Manscaped. I already had one. Rob didn't want one, so it was like, ah, eh, whatever. I but, didn't want uh, um, so real quick, uh, the reason why the beard and I got the hat is because this week is the Olympics in my office. And uh, since I'm in the transportation logistics industry, uh, we the team decided that our theme is going to be like truck drivers. So I got my truck driver hat. I got my beer going. 
I don't I don't own any flannel shirts, so I didn't have that to wear. You know, you you sent out a snap of your office on Instagram like a little while back, and it was like some crazy shit. It was like it was somebody like throwing something at somebody who was lined up against the wall with their ass facing out towards the person throwing against them. The the CEO of the company shot someone with a paintball in the office. Yeah, shot somebody. Yo, where do you work, son? Dude, it's like going for Wall Street. Dude, he shaves heads. Yeah, we have Olympics this week. So today we had to play uh, charades, and uh, tomorrow is seat rowing around the office. And uh, But here's the funny thing that relates into bowling. Um, there was a bowling event where uh, they had to, you had to take a ball and knock over, like, plastic bottles across the office. Dude, who do you think took gold, kid? Who do you think took gold? Come on, man. I had know. that shit on lockdown. They, they didn't, didn't know. know the ringer was in the building. Uh, they didn't I, know. So let's talk bowling real quick. Yo, Mike. It, um, no, hold on. A couple comments we have to address here. Uh, Scott, thank you. Nice to be back. Ian Lang, Dave is definitely a big deal. Uh, Stu, thought about you on my vacation, was at Epcot yesterday and wandered around Epcot to England and had some fish and chips as a snack as I was walking through England. So thought of you there. Uh, nice bowling a couple weeks back, by the way. Sorry I didn't get to uh, comment on that last week on the show. Uh, Rob, you want to talk bowling? Let's let's get into Nico's comment. Let's hit, bring Nico's comment up here. Uh, he says that he's watching the women who are on right now. There's also some PBA 50 action on right now, and uh, he says that B Squad uh, has higher scores than A Squad out there for the women. Uh, and, and Rob, that's yeah, that's something that you wanted to get into and discuss. So let's go there. Yeah, Belmo uh, put a tweet out about and so something on his social media about how. He thinks that bowling on different squads uh, during a tournament, like that there's an A, a B, a C squad, that it's unfair. It's an unfair playing field. Now, I don't I don't have the exact tweet, so I don't want to, like, you know, say something that he didn't write. But it was something into that effect where it's an uneven playing field. Correct me if I'm wrong, Mike. I don't want to get a tweet tomorrow saying that I kind of misconstrued what he was saying. Go ahead, continue on. I'll try and find it. Yeah, so here's the thing is, um, so I think that's an interesting like topic to talk about because in, in a lot of the high competitive tournaments, the PBA tournaments, um, you know, a lot, just a lot of high, high level competitive bowling, uh, that's a pretty standard like procedure in uh, qualifying where there's an A squad, there's an B squad, obviously because usually bowling centers aren't big enough where they could fit maybe you know, on a whole field in in a bowling center at one time. So it makes sense why they would run an A squad and a B squad and a C squad, whatever. But Mike, if you want to make a true competitive, fair, like playing field, do bowling tournaments need to try to figure out how to have them bowl all in one squad? Well, they either need to figure out how to have the all ball in one squad or how to make the squads more equitable. Mike, he took it down, so okay. maybe all that's right. why but we can't is, find it. There is a lot of – there are a lot of, like, if you go to Twitter and you go to tweets and replies, there are a lot of replies that he put out there kind of sure. stating okay. his opinion. So we'll just leave it at that. If you guys yeah, want to yeah. read it, you can go check it out. But, yeah, I mean, I think it's fair to say that he was questioning the equity of things. Right, but it, Rob, no, I, I disagree with I disagree with Mitch Young. Here, here's a comment: It's only unfair if the conditions aren't equal. As long as the squad starts out have fresh oil, I believe it to be fair. I, I don't think that's right, and that's just my personal experience bowling tournaments like that. Now, I I find it I find it most interesting when A squad outperforms B squad rather than B squad outperforming A squad. Because like if B squad outperforms A squad. I always tend to attribute that to the knowledge that those players had going in that the players on A squad didn't have. Whether that knowledge comes from them watching or the ball reps or wherever it may come from. But you see it the other way too, so that that doesn't explain much. Well, here's here's my personal experience, right, is where – if A squad starts out, you know, nobody knows really – what's going on with the pairs. And I don't even care if they're about the practice sessions, you start off a squad and then all the, a lot of people trying to play them right from the beginning. And then they realize that there's no shot, right. And then a lot of people jump in. Um, What normally happens is if people are jumping in around the second or third game in the a squad, 
or fourth game maybe in an eight-game block, a lot of the pros, a lot of the people when they bowl B squad will jump left earlier than A squad. So the lanes get played differently in B squad compared to A squad based on what you said is observation of A squad, right? So people aren't going to waste their time trying to play right when they know all the scores are coming from left. Um, so that's it, – it, it becomes an unfair advantage. Not unfair advantage, but it becomes an unfair playing field because, yes, there is eight games in front of you if you're in B squad that, you know, you're able to, like, watch. But there's also could be an unfair advantage when you're in A squad where people aren't jumping so far left so quick. Yeah. So, I know. I, I, but, again, when you – what you just described to me sounds like it relates to more knowledge. Like if A squad goes out and plays them wrong for even six frames and B squad plays them right for those six frames, that's going to make a big difference, right? Uh, and, then, and then you multiply that difference or amplify that difference going forward. What about, what about this, Rob? Let me ask you about this. And I'm just throwing this out there, right? This is just a suggestion. You see a lot of multi-squad tournaments, amateur tournaments that will do, you know, all right, let's say we're taking 24 guys, okay? They'll do eight from one squad, eight, eight highest from A squad, eight highest from B squad, and then the next eight overall highest. Would that work can, in the PBA? I can get down with something like that because it's fair because you're, you're your top eight in your own squad. So it right. takes away the, like, maybe 14 people from A squad and two people from B squad, right? Right, and then, and so, then out of those – so, so if you're top eight in your squad, you obviously bowled really well. You deserve, you know, you, you would have made it anyway in, in most instances, right? And then even if you're in that ninth, tenth, eleventh, twelfth position, you still have a chance at, at the overall because another eight spots are coming from that overall. So, right. no, which I, I, I like, that, I like that. That would definitely like, um, you know, do, do away with some of the some of the inequity that that you see at some of these events. I would actually like to see that. I, I see somebody commenting in the chat about uh, Belmo only wants sixteen people to bowl. I don't ever remember him saying that, but that's I'll be honest. It, it. That was I'll that be, was I, I know. I hear you, I, but I, but I'll just, I'll be honest with you though. And this sounds radical, but I'm going to say it. I don't care because I, I, I I'm 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 at, I'm at the point where I feel like things need we need radical change. I've said this before. It's the same five people anyway. The sixteen you see on TV yeah, every week, right? That's I, what I would. You're say. I really, no, really, what I was going to say is there's only ten guys that are really making a living out there bowling strictly right, bowling. Right. So how many should there really be? There really should only be sixteen or twenty four guys out there. Period. And what that would allow the PBA to do is to market the guys that you're going to see on TV on a regular basis. Uh, that's a terrible idea. That's okay. a terrible idea. And then, <laughs> and then the, the regional program should become stronger and get some more money in it and let guys earn their way into that top 24 through the regional program or some kind of qualifying like that. You know, I, I'm on board with that idea. Here's another idea I'm on board that's, with. It's a bad idea. I want to see the PBA run a tournament where no more than two or three games get bowled on a pattern for the entire tournament. What do you mean where, like three games and then fresh and then three to, games and then yeah, fresh? Two games fresh, two games fresh, two games fresh, two games. Yeah. Dude, what, what? Do you know how long it'll take them to like re-oil the matter. I don't care. I don't care. Bring it to Carolier where there's 82 lanes. Let's bring it to Bolero, North Brunswick, where there's 82 lanes. Do you have some money that's run, you can run one you you run one squad upstairs for two games then downstairs and you re, and you oil while the two games are going on gives you that's an hour to do, to do the pairs it's a terrible idea wow disney must have sucked all the good ideas out of your head while you were there oh, get out of here. well we're talking about equity how much more fair can you get than redoing them so often that the equity has to be there because you're bowling on no. the same kind of pattern. You know, you're bowling it's bad, on the it's same a, starting pattern. It's a bad idea because I feel like bowling, the big big part of bowling is be able to figure out like the burn games too. Like it, you know, that would just, it would benefit uh, guys who know how to play the fresh and only play the fresh. Yeah, but, but I'm tired. I'm tired of watching everybody play sixth arrow. I know, but that's halfway down the lane. I want to see no. some guys have to play the same part of the lane for the entire tournament from start to finish. And I'm all for five that, games. That one thing. I'm all for five game squads. Like the it's too many. Has. It's too many. It's way too no. many. No. It's way too many. But you have to figure – I think the hardest part of bowling these days is figuring <coughs> out the, tra the, the, the transition. Okay? To me, that's the hardest part of bowling these days. You bowl an eight-game tournament, 
it, to me, it's easier to figure out the fresh, hard to figure out the, the two, three, four game transition, and then easy to figure out the burn. And I feel like that's where the, the challenge it's of not, the game is these days. I don't think it's, it's, it's hard to figure out the transition. It's hard to figure out how to strike when the transition well, That's what I'm saying. Occurs. That's yeah, figuring it out. Is move left, giant steps left, like every game. But yes. Yeah, so anyway, but look, like just from personal experience, okay. One year I bowled uh, Team USA uh, qualifying or tryouts. This was back when it was at the Castaways. I don't remember what year it was, but I've actually bowled the same squad with Bill. We went there together, whatever. And we, I remember leaving there and I, I, I promised myself it would be the last time I bowl it, which it wasn't. But at the time I did because of how unfair, how many people came and there was four squads, Mike, there was A, B, C and D squad. Okay. And we were on D squad. And I remember how fair, unfair it was because we bowled on D squad and it was like, when we caught the burn, it was so bad because everybody was playing er in early that it just was like it, so many people bowled well that bowled in like A squad and like every all the other squads like were were, were frustrated. Um, don't get me wrong, people did make it from those squads, but it, it definitely seemed to be a little bit unfair to me. And I remember that was like my most memorable moment about bowling the tournament with all different kinds of squads and stuff. So anyway, I think Belmo has a fair point. I think the PBA should reevaluate and look look down and look at it and say, well, okay, how do we, you know, run a, a more fair playing field when we do have a, a small bowling center that we can't, you know, run 150 or 300 entries at one time? So I think it's something they should look at. I'm not saying they should change it, but you know, if Belmo who is is not very outspoken about certain topics about what the PBA does. He's not very critical of the PBA. Okay. Belmo is a very PC type like personality. Um, he tries to be very positive all the time about what the PBA is doing. He, he's for him to be critical about it. Seems that maybe it's, it's pre, uh, the PBA should probably look at it closer. Fair point. Okay. Let's move on. Uh, there, there, there was doubles? a PBA. There was a PBA title awarded and a PWBA title awarded this weekend, Rob. But, you know, if you went on the PBA website over the weekend, you probably wouldn't have known uh, what was happening or where the scores were or that perhaps there was even really an event going on. Uh, you know, that, that seems to be par for the course a lot of the time. Uh, although I will say for the first summer event, I didn't, you know, they, they did have um, – like a thing on the website saying, see the scores. It was right there. It was like the first thing you saw. And I was like, amen, amen. And then the, the striking with breast cancer doubles, couldn't couldn't find the thing on there. But uh, nice. EJ Tackett and Danielle McEwen uh, win. Is it fair to say, okay, we'll talk Lucy doubles real quick because there's really not a whole lot to talk about with that tournament. I didn't watch, I didn't watch a single shot. I just know that they led from start to finish. So it, there, wasn't, right. there so, wasn't a lot of drama involved. Look, here's the thing. I love that tournament because it does combine the women with the men. It's a great tournament for a great cause. Okay, Turnout they, is ridiculous. They have a lot of people that bowl. Turnout is ridiculous. I love everything about the tournament except the fact that it's not televised the finals on TV. Like they should eliminate some of their, the PBA should eliminate some of their, you know, whatever events that they have and they should put that stuff Goofball on events, TV. Yeah. Goofball. Yeah. yeah. Because look, it's for a great cause. Okay. And I can't stress that enough. Okay. It is a great cause and it is combining the PWBA, their best with the PBA. And it, you know, everyone loves a, a good doubles tournament, right? And the only thing that was missing from it is the fact that it wasn't televised on TV in the the, the finals. There wasn't a stepladder. Uh, it had been cool for a Baker stepladder. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a little – that tournament, and I've watched that tournament a lot over the last few years because, as you know, Bill has, has bowled well in that tournament with Shannon quite a few times. And – there's really not a ton of drama in that tournament because there is no stepladder and it is kind of just match play. And then the tournament ends and, you know, it's tough to kind of keep track of who's where and who still has a shot. Um, but yeah, listen, a uh, great event, you know, and, and it's for a great cause. Uh, so yeah, you know, great. Uh, yeah. Jeff, yeah. In, the, uh, in the, in the comments is, is also running, uh, 
a breast cancer fundraiser in October. Uh, Jeff, uh, I meant to email you, bro. I want to let you know there should be some stuff uh, coming your way. All right. I'll, I'll, if you want more specifics, let me know. Just reach out through email. But uh, Rob and I did uh, did reach out to some some folks, and uh, there should be a few things on your way on their um, way to you. So, so here's my question to you, okay? And this we didn't talk about pre-show, okay? But I'm gonna throw this at you, excluding the prize money, Mike. Now that's a big a big thing. Excluding the prize money, is the PWBA a better bowling tour than the PBA? No, 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 not at all. Now here's my that's, reason why I'm saying that question. That's a, okay? that's a ridiculous. That's a ridiculous position. And the only reason why I'm asking that question, okay, is because one, the PWBA seems like they run a wider variety of events in a lot of different cities, okay, which is what you think a tour would be, right? Where they run it, you go to different cities. Yeah, well, right? show me how many fans are there. No, okay. I mean in general, like the PBWBA website is better than the PBA website, okay? That's that's anything's better than the PBA website. The aspects, website will be better than PBA. Are there aspects about it that are better? Sure. I mean, listen, I've watched events on Bowl TV. I I think Bowl TV might be a better product than Flow at this point. Well, that's that's my that's a lot coming from me, right? But overall, it's not a better product. Okay, okay. but it's is not a better product. The PWBA. I think the PWBA is doing a lot more with a lot less than the PBA is doing. Mm, I don't know. Well, yeah, yeah. I guess you're right with with Bolero being behind it, but. It's still not a better product. I mean, it's not relevantly featured on TV. It doesn't have the same kind of um, the same kind of even possibility for something to happen that would go viral, like such as the seven ten being made by Anthony Nyer a few months back, right? So I, I would say no, not at all. You know, is it is it perhaps as marketable? Yeah, I think it might be as marketable. But but you and I, you and I have different ideas drastically different ideas about how bowling should be marketed. Like you, for instance, want to turn it into WWE wrestling and I want to make gambling and uh, betting the, the focus of bowling. So if you're going for WWE, then no, yeah, no, no, maybe no. the women's product is a more okay. marketable product. But if you're talking about betting, I think that the men, the men's bowling product is a more marketing market. I think, I think more, not turn into WWE, okay? I do want it to see take some of the, the entertainment value out of WWE. To me, it's more of turning it into something of a like poker in its heyday, right? Where like you're showcasing your poker personalities, right? Your Mike Matisau's, your um, you know, your Phil Hellmuths, right? Well, like, then forget are- it because like the 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 men's tour has way more personality and storylines for personality Ooh, the women's tour who's got per- what personalities Mike? the no women the have- women's tour maybe has oh, then the women's tour i thought you said then the poker i was like no no, no then the women's tour the women's tour maybe has three or four bowlers that you know are like yeah. marketable in terms of their story and it, the men's tour has like- quite a few you know but rob bring up this comment from from uh from john stevenson Okay. Let's, let's let's play true or false, Rob. Uh, John Stevenson in the chat says, Bolero will acquire the PWBA at some point. True. 100% true. true. I agree. John, no I agree with it. you 100%. Uh, I, see, I saw that coming a while ago. Uh, that won't surprise me at all. Now, what will surprise me is if uh, the USBC doesn't want to give it up. Because it would be like, you know, hey, the women could go and bowl for serious money if Bolero is behind them. The USBC isn't really able to provide that for them at this time and probably not in the in the foreseeable future. So, Dude, you know, why not I love this, let them compete? I love this comment by Mitch Young. I absolutely love this comment. How many of the women are hiding their true personalities just to go along and not get in trouble? Mitch, it's like that for the PBA as well, bro. Okay. Yeah, yeah. How I was just going to say – it's the same thing with the regular tour because it's even smaller. It's an even smaller community in the women's tour, right? So, yeah, you're out there. You're bowl, You're traveling with these people. You're living with these people. You know, you a lot of these people know your personal business. You 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 know you don't want that being put out there, et cetera. So, yeah, of course, that's that's the way. That's 
that's really what needs to change is that they need to be more genuine and more authentic. I always go back to that scene in a league of ordinary gentlemen where the, the, the new buyers had just taken over the PBA and the, the, the new person who was running it for them comes in and he tells the guys like, just be yourselves, you know, just be yourselves, be entertaining, be yourselves. And that's really what it needs to be. But there's been a, you know, a, a culture for so long now in, in that level of bowling where it's really not acceptable to be yourself. Well, Mike, look, look, look what happened to Ryan Simonelli when he came on our show. I know. Okay. I hear you. I, I understand. He was honest and he was entertaining. <laughs> he was honest and he said something that, you know, was that what he, he was felt feeling. strongly about. That he, he felt genuine. strongly about. And, and you he know got what? That he, was, that he was totally entitled to say if he wanted to say it. And yeah, they, they totally came after him, right? And that, it, that, that was ridiculous. But, uh, and, and I'll, I'll go a step further. A lot of the niceness has to do with the ball companies. Let's be honest, because there's not that many ball companies out there. So if you get identified as a guy who's un, quote unquote unlikable or how, however you want to put it, you're probably going to be on the outs with a ball contract. And for a lot of those guys, that means that they're probably on the outs from their bowling career. And I'm not going to name names. I'm not going to, I am not going to put any names out there. I could, uh, but I'm not going to. But if you've been paying close attention, let's say over the last 10 years, okay, if you've been paying close attention over the last 10 years, there's at least three bowlers, three prominent, prominent bowlers that come to mind for me who, you know, I I would say because of their personalities, because of their I'm not going to play nice personalities or, or ways of looking at things, you know, got on the outs with the companies and got blackballed and, you know, lost their ball deal. And that was kind of the last you saw of them, you know. So, uh, yeah, abs- Jeff, absolutely. Go ahead. Drop all the information you want, bro. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, Rob, com- complicated uh, complicated issue there. But I do agree that I, I would not be surprised to see the PW well, I mean, under the PBA umbrella. I mean, I think Coley already has her eyes on it, okay? That would just be my, like, opinion. I mean, obviously, look, she's a, a woman in a prominent yeah. position. In sports, uh, yeah. Yep. She's very uh, vocal about women in, in in the workplace, and I know there's been a lot of talk about it. So it wouldn't surprise me if if she want, does want to one day uh, acquire the PWBA if she feels like they could, you know, combine it with the PBA and do – you know, and market it towards um, women. And I don't think the PWBA or the USBC would be against giving it to Bolero if Bolero decided to keep it going. And I think to me, when I spoke with Chad Murphy, the reason why they acquired the PWBA in the first place is because they want a higher, they want a pro position for girls, right? Junior gold, Mike, girls that are your age, right? Uh, your daughter's age to be able to strive for something as a, professional women's bowler so if as long as the bolero made a promise or i would imagine like told usbc look like we want to keep this going and we want to make it bigger i don't think that they would have an issue with it but you never know mike you know um yeah yeah no doubt no doubt i say if they're gonna do it they better get it done before jillian martin really gets out there and starts winning a lot because she looks like a beast so does adding the PWA PWB spread the money too thin might help the ladies, but does it hurt the men's tour? I honestly think it might be beneficial for both tours, to be honest with you. Um, I don't because- know. My answer to that would be, do they care? Do they care? Or is it more about having another product they can market? Is it ha- about having another product they can use to fill TV contract time? You know, I don't so know. Scott fairly new name in the, in, in the chat. Always cool to see some new Scott, people. Welcome. New- welcome. Um, PBA is going to miss Weber. He was the bad guy and people wanted him, wanted to him, meaning he wanted to be the bad guy. Kyle Troop is trying to fill that void. Kyle Troop is not um, nah. going to be a bad guy. No, um, he's not trying to I fill do, that void either. He's not, he's I do not agree. trying to be a bad guy. He is being he's, genuine. And sometimes people are going to interpret your genuine behavior as bad guy behavior, quote unquote. I don't interpret I, it that way from Kyle, but. No, I do think the PBA will miss him 100%. Look, this guy was the face of the of PBA for, for decades, decades. Okay, when you got someone who's in that prominent of a position for that long, like as a face of 
you know, professional bowling, yes, of course they're going to miss him. Now, is there someone who could fill that void right now on the PBA tour? No. I think maybe Simonson could no. go down that no. route. There, there, there will never, there will never, there's never going to be anybody that fills that void of P. Weber, guys. I hate to tell you. All right. It's, that's it. It's done. It was a one time. It's like, it's the same as like everybody looking for the ne- next Michael Jordan. Dude, okay? everyone's saying there's Simon not going to be. No, no, it's not. And I'm going to tell you why. Because people, there's, there's already more people that, like Simo, then don't like Simo, and 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 that that was never really true of Weber, you know. And and Wait, I'm what? not, yeah, I don't I don't think that that's, that was ever true of Weber. I think there was always way more people uh, watching him, wanting him to fail, than there were people watching him, wanting him to win. Well, first off, I do, and here's the thing: is like I do feel, I do feel that bowling needs a prominent villain okay to talk about the shirt uh that your wife made i it 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 needs a villain okay and i don't mean a villain that's gonna be like you know well maybe but cursing and and doing all kinds of crazy shit on the lane but i feel like there needs to be some kind of like controversy and there needs to be someone that stirs up a lot of people's emotions look people love the bad boy people love the villain uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin and WWE made a fortune of being the villain, okay? And then people loved him for it. And now, so like, I mean, think about all the just villains. Villains make movies, Mike. No if one goes he, to. If he could make shows regularly, Joe Paluzic would make a great villain in bowling. Joe Pal- with his, uh, his two handed against two handed. <laughs> it's such a it's such an unpopular opinion, right? Like he would be, Maybe. and he he would see. That's what I'm saying. Just be genuine, like. He would right. eat it up too. He would come out, and people would boo him, and he would walk around and strut, even yes. though they were booing him. Okay, and That's funny. you know, That's be hilarious. genuine, be genuine, right? That's right. why I say. Right. So here's my per. And I, this, this is what I'm going to base it off of. If guys out there were being genuine, okay, if they were being genuine, I feel like uh, Tom Darty would probably make a good bad, bad guy you know, adversary, right? Like somebody that people might uh, see his, his genuine way of, of acting or doing things. And, uh, and, and yeah, really like say, oh, I'm, I, I don't want that guy to win, you know, or root against that guy. But, all yeah. right. but people listen, it's, it's like, like Jordan, Pete Weber, we're never going to see uh, antics like that again. Okay. I hate to tell you, sorry, we need to move on. We need to, we need to focus on what really could vault bowling to the next level and that's betting folks okay let's get the word out (laughs) betting on bowling okay betting on bowling let's get it out bowling is a great sport to gamble there's another new name vic welcome uh appreciate you joining welcome gotta have a heel for the sport best part is when the heel turns good vic absolutely it's a hundred percent and here's the funny thing is if you're a good really good villain you're able to people will love you for it okay and that's what pete weber people loved him for his antics and he, you know, yeah, he, but he that didn't... that was Pete Weber, though. That I'm just saying, but like, you could do who, it again. There's who Pete could do it Weber again. was is genuine Pete Weber, hundred percent, hundred percent. Who he was is genuine Pete Weber. All right, like not many people are wired that way. Okay, and, and then out of those people, you need them to be one of the best bowlers in the world. So we don't, David Tolson. We don't need PWB, PW, PDW like antics anymore. No, we need the new generation type. Antics, you're right. You're okay? right. We don't need we don't need sixty year old men pointing to their sack and saying no, my sack. But no, uh, but we do we, need we do some need kind of the drama, David. We need the we need the drama created by something like that. Okay. Yeah, All right, Rob. Uh, Let's let's talk about a couple other things here. Let's keep it moving a little bit. Uh, PBA fifty, PBA fifty okay. action is like in the thick of it here. Uh, I believe Parker Bone won a title while I was away. Guy stole man. Parker's <laughs> awesome, man. Ageless one, one of the too. living goats, man. One of the living goats, right? I mean, Parker's the ageless one, and I've talked numerous times on this show about how nice of a guy he is. The stories. Uh, are true of how nice of a guy this guy is. Like he is like one of one of a kind. So when I see Parker Bone winning, it makes me happy. Uh you know, not only is he winning now, his son's winning too. His son, I think, just won junior gold. 
And I saw this weekend he won uh he won Greg Tax uh Masters tournament at Hal Lane's. Park was uh, hot, he I guess he won tonight. tonight. He wow. I knew it was on. He won a Charlie, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, Charlie. Man, he won again tonight. Okay. All right. Word up. Wow. Man, two back to back for Parker. Okay. Uh on fire, obviously. You know, interesting, Rob. Uh I'm gonna get to I that heard, Kyle Ant later a little bit. We'll we'll bring this back up because I think okay. that's interesting. I heard um I heard through the grapevine and I saw a little something online that Parker is actually going to be opening up uh, a training center inside Howe Lanes, which isn't, isn't far from where I'm at. And I don't know all the details on it, but I do know, or from what I gathered from what I saw, I believe they're going to have Specto. I believe it's going to be like a small set of lanes inside Howe Lanes that will have Specto that, at certain times throughout the day or on certain full days, we'll have patterns on them. We'll have patterns on those lanes for people to come in and practice on whenever. Um, I thought that was really interesting because, you know, you like Bolero, okay, we've seen what's going on. They just did another major business deal and merged with a corporation. And in the information that got released there, it definitely sounds like they're going to be trying to uh, buy more uh, weight in the in the bowling in the bowling alley ownership uh, portion of things. So there's it's likely that there's going to be less and less uh, privately owned centers as time goes on. And I heard this idea of Parker, you know, associating himself, and he's been associated with Hal Lanes for quite some time. Johnny Petraglia is associated with Hal Lanes as well. But I heard this idea of him you know, associating himself there in, in name with a, with a training center there, okay? And I thought to myself, wow, that's a really interesting idea for an independently owned uh, bowling center to go the route of, okay, we're, we're going to cater to the competitive bowler. We're going to provide things to the competitive bowler that other corporate-owned centers just either can't provide or aren't willing to provide, and give the competitive bowler a, a better environment to come and do what they want to do. Uh, what are your thoughts on that idea in general, Rob? Dude, I mean, we always talk about the lack of uh, education and the lack of understanding that people have in the sport of bowling. The really only way that's going to change, Mike, is if guys like Parker Bone, guys like Giant Petragula, guys like, you know, that are, are well-known in the industry – Start educating bowlers and training them. Look, every golf driving range or course you go to, yep. there's a golf pro that is giving lessons. Okay. Most of the golf pros know what they're doing. Um, you know, bowling is a little bit different because you don't really in a lot of areas have knowledge, knowledgeable bowling coaches giving like you know, lessons. Now you could well, well, like it's. I also I also feel like a guy, and I don't know golf, but I would assume that whoever the club pro is at a golf course, they probably have a certain level of success. Uh, input pro input is the phrase I will use. They probably have a certain level of input about what goes on at the course or how the course is treated or you know the, these various different things in golf. As I said, I'm not a golfer, so I can't really elaborate there. In bowling, Rob, it, it traditionally it's not really like that, right? The, the shop operator is usually never the owner of the center, and the owner of the center and the pro shop operator, the the tightest their agreement gets is usually like a leasing agreement, you know. Mm -hmm. So um, you don't really, you know, the the pro shop operators in bowling they don't really have a lot of input into how the center is run or how the center is maintained or how the center is used, where. I would think that a golf club pro does, you know, a, a bowling pro shop operator does not. So, like, they're, they're not any pro shop operator can go into their home center and be like, oh, I want the machine to put out these patterns on these lanes, and I got groups of guys coming into practice tonight. Some places will look at you like you're from outer space and be like, what? No, no, we're using those lanes to charge people $8 a game tonight and $6 for shoe rent. So I, I, I don't know. I don't know if that's a good comparison, but I, I hear you out in the sense of, like, there's not enough good, knowledgeable people promoting the competitive side of the game. hundred percent. And I think that's a huge issue. And think about how cool would it be if, uh, if let's just say Parker Bowen was able to 
oil, you know, eight, 10 pairs on a Saturday morning for two hours and put out a pattern. And he had people come to the bowling center and pay like a 10 or $15 charge. And you were able to work with people almost like an open clinic and you had it every week. We yeah, talked about Barry right. Asher and, did and, it. Yeah. And how, how is that not going on? In, Across the in, country. Yeah. It almost never, like, like it's almost like the pro shop, the, the, the pro, the, 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 the center pros in bowling. It's almost like a lot of them don't even try. Honestly, it's like Dude, they don't, you know, they, a, they, they, they put minimal effort into um, to, to kind of just uh, a lot sell of, the bowling balls, you know. Now, but, I might get a lot of smoke for this, but just from my like being in multiple bowling centers across the country my whole life, it seems like there is a lot of uh, unmotivated pro shop workers. Now, I'm not going to say owners, but people who work in the pro shops are normally not uh, very motivated to bring in more people, bring in more business. They'll just sit behind their desk and watch Netflix and wait until people come in the shop instead of trying to be businessmen and try to figure out how to get people into your bowling, into your shop. And Barry Asher and Found Lanes did an amazing job where people would drive an hour to an hour and a half to go work with him for two hours in a $10 clinic. And guess where they would go, Mike, into the pro shop after they bowl or before they bowl or during their bowling. And then they look at the new balls. You get it. Look, the first step of being a good businessman is to get the person in your business, right? If you're selling uh, a merchandise, right? Get him in the store, right? You have hundreds of customers that bowl leagues every night, right? How do I get these people to go into the store? Okay. That's the question that pro shop owners need to be asking themselves. And if you have an unmotivated, you know, someone who doesn't know about customer like service working your pro shop, then you're going to fail because people are going to go in there. They're going to talk to someone who's not in a good mood, who's just kind of like you're bothering me. And then they're not going to go back. Mike, I've seen that all over the country so many different times. Yeah, but there's also there like you bring that up, and it's in all fair points. But there's also the side of it of like, well, the the pro shop operator is there to sell the ball, right? And that that's how they make their living. You know, it's not really in their best interest to tell somebody, well, that that ball that you want, that two hundred fifty dollar ball that you want, it's not really going to help your game all that much. You'd be better off taking the money and practicing with the ball that you have. So, like, I think we have that kind of issue in bowling too, where there's not a lot of honesty with the average bowler of like Look. what they really need. And every, everybody thinks, Oh, it's the ball. There's the magical ball. This guy throws that ball and whatnot. Look, so here's what they need to do. Okay. And I, I don't want to go too long on this, but Mike, if you have someone who comes in and they have a 140 average and they want to buy a bowling ball from you. Okay. You make the decision right there. Either you try to sell them a $250 bowling ball or you sell them a $80 bowling ball and then maybe even give them, you know, a free 20 minutes of your time on the lanes after you drill it, you, you give them a quick lesson on the lanes. Even if it's a half hour of your time, Mike, you're not busy. Trust me, you work that's, at a pro shop. That's not even the person I'm talking about, though. I'm talking about the, the, the 205 average bowler, you know, house league bowler, once a week league, has bowled league forever, you know, comes in, wants the brand new ball. You know, that that's that's the guy I'm talking about. You know, who, all, all I'm saying is like you got to treat every customer as they're going to be a repeating customer. Right. OK. And if you're in a pro shop business and I know a lot of the good pro shop operators do it where they'll they'll spend the time and try to help the, that person. And then guess what? Just like me and you, that person has a good chance to become a recurring customer. OK. And every time they need something, they come back to you, even if it's drilling a ball or if it's uh, whatever it is, shoes. Like, and you build a relationship with these people. Look, I, I, I didn't own a pro shop, but I could, and I could be probably successful doing it because of the years of customer service experience that I have, right? It's not hard. You're just nice to people. You respect them, and you're honest with them, okay? You don't try to sell them a $300 bowling ball when you know it's not going to help them. You sell them an $80 ball, and then you help them. You give them lessons, and then they come back, and, and then they, they earn your trust. Yeah, okay? so in interesting stuff sense. there, though. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go. I'm gonna go over to Hal and check it out. Uh, you should though. Yo, kudos to Parker, man. Yeah, no, I think it, I I think it's a great idea. I had an idea like not too far removed from that uh, a few years ago that I kind of came up with of like a, if someone wanted to buy a small bowling center and turn it into a country club bowling center, 
where like the same way you have to pay to be a member at a country club at a golf club, you would have to pay to be a member at this country club bowling center and paying to be a member there were, would entitled you to, to certain, certain ideas, right. Or certain, uh, you know, benefits. And then from there you could pay for other things that you want. But all right, Rob, there were a couple interesting comments here. I want to throw out there, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mitch, Mitch, Mitch Young says, I'm curious to see if Bolero tries to create a PBA streaming service, partnering with the vloggers and maybe some reality shows based on the travels and such. We've talked about that idea, Mitch, with the traveling and reality shows, kind of what Brad and Kyle do to a larger degree. David Tolson follows up by saying, streaming is the wave of the future. The broadcast can be tailored to be more fan-friendly with technical information to include more in-depth player profiles. And then Mitch Young follows with, would be great to have a streaming service with Brad and Kyle, Beef and Barnsey, the house guys, et cetera, all in one place. Thanks, Mitch. Thanks. Who are you leaving out there? Who are you leaving out, Mitch? What's good? Uh, so, well, first off, these the comments the coming. Through. No, no. This is the first thing to talk about with these comments, right? This is the first thing to talk about. Does that mean, I mean, for any of this to happen, that would have to mean the flow is on, is out. Well, yeah. Um, if that was, first off, they, they, Look, all they're gonna get with the with those kind of streaming services with the pros. I, look, I, I'm I'm the first to to be a campaigner for. Is that, I'm not I'm not even sure that's a word uh, for like showing these guys off the lanes and what they do and and whatever. But you know, look, like a lot of these guys can't talk about certain things because of what we talked about earlier, where if they say the wrong thing on the wrong time, they could easily get suspended. Okay. That's why we're so great, okay? Because we get to say whatever the hell we want to say and nobody can do shit to us, okay? Now, we do take a lot of smoke and a lot of heat from a lot of different areas, especially since we have a lot of friends who bowl in the industry who are higher up in the industry. But that's why, look, we're honest. I'm honest. Like, if the PBA is sucking, I'm going to tell you they suck, okay? If they're doing something good, I'm going to say they're doing something good, okay? That's why I agree there's got to be some kind of aspect, outside aspect, Mike, of the PBA tour, they got to build some kind of relationship with the with the fans, these pros. Seeing them on TV bowl once a month or once every other month isn't going to build a relationship with the fans. Seeing them consistently on a show, a streaming service, a uh, you know behind the scenes, maybe a camera in the house, okay, like something in that nature. They they really need to step up their game and and show these personalities off the lanes. Yeah, and, and Mitch Young kind of speaks to that and says, or do they partner with Flo to make it better? John Stevenson, I would kind of reply with your comment there that I hope not because it's kind of the paywall that blocks the casual people who may want to see stuff like that and get into it from actually seeing it, right? And that that's kind of where we're at with bowling with the streaming right now is like, the only way you're seeing the streaming is if you're a hardcore fan, right? Where the casual fans aren't really seeing that, right? Um, so, yeah, that's definitely a problem. I agree, John Stevenson. Uh, Mike, so, yeah. A resolution of that is they need to put shows like they film, like the Simonson documentary, the Belmo two-handed document documentary. They need to take it off of flow and put it on the Fox or FS1, okay? Or, or, put, it or, or put it – how about – how about put it on their own streaming service that's not behind a paywall? And then, you know, you can use bits and pieces of it on a show to then drive traffic to that that streaming service where people can then get a deeper story on some of these guys. Right. 100%. So, Absolutely. It, it, they could just tease it. But I mean, look, like if you really want to make bowling marketable to everyone outside the hardcore bowler you have to throw it out there to people that normally wouldn't watch and that's on some kind of cable television right or netflix or hulu or somewhere where most people already have the paid streaming service right yeah i would agree i would agree all right rob uh i believe that we have covered most of what we wanted to cover am i correct yeah, um, I know there was a good comment. Uh, I think I was going to pull up earlier, but I think we actually went over that now. Um, I think I think we did. Yeah, I think it's, yeah, we uh, did. We I think did. it's time yeah, to yeah, give yeah, the people yeah. what they want, Rob. It is. Let's do it. So even on vacation, 
I'm hunting for worst of the week. Dude, those lines in Disney are long. What else are you going to do? That's what I, was, I was like, oh, you know what? Let me let me look at this this uh, you know shit show of a message board here and see if I can find my worst of the week. All right, here's mine. If you saw this, I hope that Big Mike's going to use this for worst of the week. Jumped out at you because this is this is all me, baby. This I skipped is all it. Me. I skipped it because okay. I knew you were going to use it. All right, my worst of the week comes from the dumpster fire that never that never ends. The My USBC favorite. Bowlers Discussion Forum on Facebook. Uh, it's a post by uh, someone named Alex Craddock. Congrats, Alex, Alex. Craddock. Con- congrats. Congrats. You won something, Alex. You got something here at Sweep the Rack, okay? Uh, here's his post. How would I approach getting a sponsorship? I average 220 on multiple sanctioned leagues, but I don't know how to go about getting a sponsor. Was trying to get one, hopefully, by the end of the year. He's got big goals, Mike. Alex, I got news. I got good news. I have oh, great, I have great, here we go. Here we go. I have great news for you, Alex. If you're out there, if this message gets to you, Alex, I don't care what Rob says. I haven't even discussed it with him. I personally want to offer you your first sponsorship deal. And your sponsorship deals with Sweep the Rack right here. Sweep the Rack Bowling Podcast. Okay. And I'm willing to give you um, uh, a rosin bag with our logo <laughs> on it uh, that I actually did not even pay for myself. Okay. So, Alex courtesy of Craddock, Lindy's bags. At, yes, courtesy of Lindy's bags. Okay, uh, Alex, Alex Craddock. Okay, if you get if this gets to you, the two one fifth at Gmail, sweep the rack at Gmail. Reach out. You got your first sponsorship deal, buddy. I'll send you the paper. Honestly, honestly, man, like I read that post and I was laughing, and he got absolutely shit on him in in the comments from people. As he should. I mean, come on. Yeah, but let me say a but here though is because like for somebody who maybe doesn't understand like what's going on in the bowling world, maybe he bowls his league once a week, you know, and he's you know whatever he's bowling and doesn't really understand, or obviously he's not well traveled. He doesn't really know how what to do and how like to me this is somebody where instead of people need are, to, are shitting on him, they need to actually give him some like solid advice on how to get a sponsorship. Okay. Well, they and, shouldn't they shouldn't shit on him because everybody and their brother sponsored. So it is. It and my really brother, my anymore. brother, my he just brother got Dave. a second deal. He just got a second. He just got a second. Alex Craddock, you got two sponsorships now. <laughs> in the last 10 minutes Alex Craddock went from zero sponsorships to two sponsorships sweep the rack bowling podcast but look, look hashtag all staff all Alex I'm saying is my brother had a good point in, in the post my brother called my brother commented and was like all you gotta do is get a job with the pro shop and you'll get on staff okay first point it's pretty valid these days okay second is like yo like you just gotta travel and bowl bro that's really all you gotta do you want some good advice Dedicate yourself to the sport. Travel. Find find money to bowl. Bowl work, tournaments. Bowl tournaments. Get start your name winning. Out there. Get your name out there. You don't even have to win. Come, Rob. Rob. I know. Rob. You don't have to win. I know. Rob, what are you talking about, son? No, you have to you win at a network. Win. You don't Mike, even have, have to cash. You, you just got to show up consistently. And, and be a name that people see. No. is like, oh, that guy bowls tournaments. Oh, yeah. He Mike, must throw good bowling balls. You have to network. Okay, yeah, that's I what understand you have to that. do. I don't actually like, I don't even agree with that. I don't even agree with that because the 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 people who make those decisions are not at these events that people like this are showing up to. So it's really word of mouth that it's all being passed down by. And a lot of it is word of mouth through the pro shops. So really one of your best bets is get in tight with the person who runs your local pro shop and and bowl stuff and tell them, hey, I'm bowling a lot of stuff and you know, if you could put my name out there to, to people that give out the free equipment, let them know. <laughs> Dave, dude, hey, I thought we were talking about Ernie Schlegel, but I guess uh, <laughs> uh, the lost episode. The lost anyway, episode. Oh, man. Great, Easter egg in this episode, too. Oh, my great, goodness. Great topic, though. Great worst of the week, Mike. Um, Thank so you. So let's go to a little bit of a lighter uh, topic, a worst of the week. And I'm going to share the post. <laughs> this, is, this is great. 
As someone uh, me, who worked as someone who worked a desk in a bowling center for like multiple years, this is this is so good. <laughs> this is so good. Mike, it's a CJ Vandal. He got banned from the Swish. bowling alley. Mike, Mike, but look, look at his feet. Dude, he actually jumped at it's awesome. I mean, Mike, the form his though. form, his form is is sick. I mean it's sick. And I mean the, now it's hard to judge, it's a picture, but if that's the top height of the ball, I got to be honest, I'm not all that impressed with the height on the shot, but the form is great. You know, I'm going to assume being he kind of probably thought this out. He probably went six-pound ball on this, okay? He probably went six-pound ball. And if that's six-pound ball, I'm definitely not impressed by the height, if that's the climax of the height. If it's on the come down. Then I, and I don't know what the climax is. I'll take that comment back. You know. Also, I think an important question here is what was the result of this shot? Okay, because if it was a gutter, then you know, not to, if. It, well, let me say this: if it was a hit the lane and then go in the gutter, I'm not impressed by that. If it was a hit the gutter and possibly bounce back on the lane or on the other lane and stay on the lane, I'm definitely impressed by that. So, so the first result off, matters to me here. I would love to, if anybody out there knows this guy or can get us actual video of the shot, I would love to bring this guy on and talk about it. It's Full awesome. video, right? The other part is um, I first at first glance, I thought this was Marshall Kent bowling game nine of a squad. And then I realized that it, it, it wasn't. So I was kind of like, oh, shit, someone threw it overhand. This this um, guy this guy saw two handed bowling and said I'm taking this shit to a whole new level. Yeah, so that is my um, worst of the week, Mike. I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, yeah, so Sean Sean in the chat is saying he thinks 13 14 pound ball. Wow. Okay, if that's the case, uh, poor planning, but impressive. It's a good question. Could he beat me if I'm kicking the ball down the lane, Mike? If he's shooting a jump shot and I'm kicking it, who wins? Okay. What would the what would the bet be? That'd be a good bet, right? Yeah, it would. It would. Absolutely. Anyway. All right. All right, Rob. Final thoughts. You know, I don't know, really. I don't really have any final thoughts. Um <coughs> I mean, I'm kind of like glad. I'm kind of really not really feeling it this week, Mike. What are your final thoughts? I know you always got. I know there's some PBA action, right, coming up here. Yeah, yeah, you got the Jonesboro Open this weekend, right? So I'll mm. be checking that out. Another PBA title on the line. Uh, oh, PW, PWBA is in swing. PBA 50 is in swing. So there's actually a lot of bowling action going on right now. Go ahead, Rob. Yeah, um, I guess the final <laughs> thought would be would be something in the fact where like there was there was word on the street that we were supposed to do some kind of a commentary for 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 a certain event and i don't know i'm not i'm not gonna say too much there we we thought we thought we were gonna have a surprise for the sweet the rack uh people out there but uh it doesn't seem like it's gonna materialize in that way so uh we don't we don't know what the deal is behind the scenes but it is what it is uh my final thought would be uh it's good to be back uh good to be back uh with, with the people here good to be back with you rob good to chop it up and talk some bowling I'm looking forward to watching the Jonesboro Open this weekend. I'm just chilling, man. Disney was like, you need a vacation after you get back from that vacation because it was just t 10, 10, 11 miles of walking a day. It was Sounds crazy. like the pool was missing you. Well, we we hit the pool a couple times at the at the resort that we were staying at. But, uh, yeah, I'm definitely going to be chilling by the pool watching some bowling this weekend. So, And uh, next week we'll have a league update because we didn't get one this week. So okay, we'll, David we'll Tolson is saying you should you should enter the New Mexico Open, Rob. So take that under advisement, and uh, you know maybe we'll see I'm, Rob I'm, out there competing. I'm a local legend. No, I'm actually Rob, not even a legend. Bowls, Rob bowls two tournaments a year: TAT and USBCs. All right, and that's tat. it. That's and what tat. he bowls. That's it. That's all. You don't bowl league. He don't bowl local. So he just bowls. What do you mean? I'm bowling tat. a tournament two weeks. I'm bowling okay. a tournament two weeks here. They, he runs one every month. I'll be bowling. Oh, that's man. right. You got your monthly booster thing now. Okay. All yeah. Right, no and doubt. maybe the tat is now in uh, Labor Day. They're running a new tat. I don't know if you okay. knew that. All right. No yeah. Doubt. 50, I think it's 15 grand for first. And so, now you, 
now you'll bowl three tournaments a year. That's I don't know great. if I'm going to go there because it's Labor Day, and um, I don't think I get the time He's off busy. of work. He's busy. You know. No, no, no. I started a new job, and I can't really take a whole lot of time off yet. You know what I mean? They got me on lockdown for a while. So. Busy. All right, Rob. Next week we'll have, uh, we'll have a new PBA champion to talk about. Uh, sure. Have a good week. Uh, at the 215th on Twitter, at BrooklynRob11 on Twitter. Sweep the rack at Gmail. Hit us up. Let me let us know what's good. Uh, everybody, thanks for joining us in the chat. Uh, have a Peace. great week, and we'll see you next week. Yeah. You are now listening to Sweep the Rack podcast featuring Brooklyn Rob.